You are now entering the world of Musings of a Geek Podcast Network. Stay geeky, my friends. Welcome to 40 Going On 14, episode 131. I am Mike. I am Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh. And after seeing the Deadpool movie, I'm relieved. I thought I was the only one who celebrated National Women's Day that way. <laughs> that was just wow. a couple days ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Wow. Still can't sit down, huh? Uh, maybe you can't. Well, not at that angle. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't stand up for women's rights. He oh. bends over for him. oh yeah welcome to the deadpool show yeah i mean it's been a while since we've done a show about comic books in general or about a character in particular and uh, i think the last one was wolverine yeah Yeah. wolverine was the uh, most recent uh, comic book show but since the deadpool movie has recently come out and all of us have been able to to get out to see it we are uh, doing a deadpool show and that's the whole story there. <laughs> yeah, if you uh, don't check out our shows by check looking at our archives or maybe visiting the Facebook page, you can always listen to them semi-live, uh, Saturdays at noon on Geek Life Radio, or between stick twiddlers and turnbuckle throwbacks. If you want it to be live, just ask me. I'll send you anybody's phone number. You can call them up right after the show and it'll be live. Conference call. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder what... If we offered to have a a live show where people can like text us at the same time, what do you think? Crowd, let us know. I think we probably shouldn't have brought that up on the air. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, it definitely would be like a side sort of show. Oh yeah. Be like your questions then and now. This is going to be a short show. Yes. <laughs> what do you? What are the things you want to know about us? This weekend, five minutes ago. So, uh, speaking of five minutes ago, if you want to hear any of our older shows, you can also find it at iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, TalkShoe, and eventually Google will have a uh, podcast thing going up, but not yet, still. Um, or if you want to call and uh, give us a little feedback, call us at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. Or you can always reach out to us on Twitter at 40go14 or send us an email at 40go14 at gmail.com. Right on. Speaking of which, do we have any listener feedback? Yes, we have uh, several pieces of listener feedback in the form of voicemails. We have someone defending their honor and a request for a character we haven't heard from in a little bit. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-oh. Yeah. Here we go. Hello, this is Luke. One, I feel like I need... My reputation has been impugned and I need to recover it. I was not imitating Charlie. No one can imitate Charlie, and indeed nobody should try to imitate Charlie. I was merely expressing my displeasure that I spent a weekend in Houston and was unable to procure food from the cheesy writer and potentially declare it adequate. They're going to be all creepy about it. Two, yes, they should bring back the Disney afternoon, but fuck you, Darkwing Duck is clearly, clearly the best show from that whole lineup, followed by Tailspin, because fuck bonkers and 
Fuck Goof Troop. <laughs> jar Jar Bastard. Grr. Butts to the front. Okay, a fair point about Goof Troop. But I, I was always a Chippendales Rescue Rangers and or Tailspin fan. You need to say that slower. Because <laughs> Chip, Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers, because Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers sounds like a totally <laughs> different thing in my head. Dude, Pat would totally watch that show. You're damn right. <laughs> also, bonus points for the use of the word impune. Right on. A fan of that word. That's impu- a good word. Impuned this morning. That's a good word. Wait, what? Never mind. So, I don't uh, think it means what you think it means. <laughs> and this thing happened. Hey, guys. It's listener. I'm driving on the free... Fucking hell. Blah, blah, blah. Fuck. <laughs> Hello, guys. I'm driving down the freeway, and I'd just like to say, I just heard episode number, uh, whatever the fuck it was, <laughs> last year's Halloween episode about Halloween then and now. And the birth of Knuckleface Jones. Oh, <laughs> uh, I haven't laughed that hard in a while, guys. Yay. That's great. <laughs> Hopefully Knuckleface Jones can make a recur make a recurrence. You know, like uh, Mr. No Nose or <laughs> some of the others. I'm having a brain fart because I can Don't snaggle us. Oh don't say Jones. Uh, yeah, good stuff. I'm catching up. Uh, fuck. I hope it comes through. I am driving on the freeway doing 80 miles an hour. Be careful. All right, Knuckle Face Jones says don't text and drive, man. That's not a good idea. I forgot all about Knuckle Face. Oh, my God. What's funny is that uh, when I saw the transcript, of the voicemail. <laughs> there are all these like interesting interpretations on what Google thought Knuckleface Jones was, and I knew in a, in a moment what it was that uh, he was requesting. I didn't even have to screen that one. That's fantastic. Nice. Yeah, At least we, it wasn't Woody Allen. <laughs> <laughs> Freaking Knuckleface Jones. <laughs> Damn. How did that even happen? I don't even remember how I that started. I don't even remember how that one started either. Oh, fantastic. I, I personally enjoy the intro on that. Uh. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. <laughs> nice to hear somebody else do it, too. Huh? I know, right? I feel a kinship. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was me. <laughs> Round one. <laughs> Knuckleface Jones versus Stone Snagglepuss. Oh, no. Maybe we can have a tournament of mascots someday. <laughs> I'm going to put you with my head. <laughs> So any more uh, any more voicemails? Mr. No, Pipe would have to Mr. It? Pipe would have to come out of the woodwork for that one. That's, oh. that's what we got. We got the two voicemails. Oh, fantastic! That's good stuff. <laughs> I think it's about that time. It is about that time. This week in music, movies, and TV. I'm Ajax. I mean, what? <laughs> Did you say Ajax? <laughs> well, you're going to say I mean Francis. <laughs> I, I should have. All right. So this week in 1991, the first appearance of Deadpool in New Mutants number 98. Okay. Let's get that out of the way. So music, Mariah Carey, Queen of the 90s, has the number one song with Someday. Still, I'm in. not even going to bother with the joke about that's the one she sings high. Yeah. <laughs> 
So, uh, skipping on, March 11th, Janet Jackson signed a $30 million contract with Virgin Records, making her the highest-paid female recording artist ever. Nine days later, her brother Michael outdoes her by signing a contract with Sony worth $1 billion. Damn. Wow. A lot of money in that name. 91. This would have been, like, trying to figure out what era. Would this Is this Rhythm Nation and Black or White era? I don't think it's I don't I, it's Rhythm Nation, but I don't think it's Black or White. I think Dangerous. Black or White's coming later. Dangerous came out in ninety one. Oh, Dangerous. Yeah, which had Black and Black or White on it. Okay, well then. Yeah, yeah I thought I was in high school when that uh, video came out. Jam, remember the time? Oh yeah. Speaking yeah. of Rhythm Nation, has have any of you seen that lip sync battle with Joseph Gordon Levitt doing Rhythm Nation? Yes, yep. it is so good. Oh my god, yep. it's fantastic. It is. He is so good in that that he actually the fact he can do all those moves from the original video is amazing. There's so many good performances on that show. There are. There's and there's there's many terrible ones too. And I'm looking at you, Mike Tyson. Well, yeah, that's ludicrous. <laughs> don't, don't tell him it was terrible. He'll eat your children. So <laughs> just their ears, Pat. Just their ears. So uh, seven members of the country of wait seven members. <laughs> Of the country of music singers. <laughs> country of music singers. Get that out of the way right away. I like the island of misfit toys. Yeah. <laughs> Seven members of country music singers Reba McIntyre's band and her road manager are killed when their private plane crashes in California on March 16th near the U.S.-Mexico border. Mcintyre survived the crash by traveling on a separate plane. <laughs> oh, so that's how you do it. Interesting strategy. Billy Ray Cyrus be on I know. I'm like, well, I can't totally give her, you know, she's not real bad. Not Reba? No, no. She's, she's all right. She, she was in some, Unforgiven. She was That's in true. Trevor's. That, yeah, see? Trevor's. Trevor's? Trevor's? Trevor's. <laughs> Shit. Look out, here comes Trevor. What the British guys tunneling under the ground <laughs> doing your taxes. <laughs> I would watch that. <laughs> my word. Oh, my God, it's the Trevor's. <laughs> They all get they all get like really pissy, but don't say anything about it because they're British. <laughs> uh, also in music, "Out of Time" by REM is released this week. That's about as well. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a great great album. It's a good. I mean, it's a good album. I don't think it's their best, but I think really. They oh, I totally think Green is their best album. Uh, I could see that. I I don't know. I man, losing my religion was probably their biggest song ever, though. Shiny uh, happy people, come on. Orange Crush, <clears throat> and that that made me sad because I went for so Stand. many years before realizing oh. what, before realizing what Orange is Crush was actually song. about. It's the end of the world as we know it. And I feel fine. Ah, oh, yeah. See, there you go. It was, it was the thing is like out of time was like right around the album releases where uh, he was started going. Oh wow, you know what? Now I'm going to be really depressed. Yeah, that was <laughs> as I've discussed before. As his hair started getting shorter and shorter, he got less shiny and less happy. Yeah, <laughs> and less peopley. Yes. So also music, Wolfgang Van Halen, son of Eddie Van Halen and Valerie Bernatelli, is current. <laughs> Valerie. Who? Did he say Valerie Bertinelli? I said Valerie Bertinelli. You did not. <laughs> you said it right that time. Let's just move on. You most certainly did not say that right. the first time, though. <laughs> Let's go to tape. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and current basis for Van Halen is born March 16th. 
March 16th, 1991. So he is not 74 years old. No, he is definitely not. <laughs> but then again, Josh and I had no idea who the hell he was when, he first, when Pat first asked us either. So True. It sounds like an old dude. And uh, also, fuck Van Halen. Which, which version? All of them. Uh, no, I was <clears throat> making a reference to the music show we did a couple weeks yes. ago. Mm. Oh, might as well jump. Uh, movies. Uh. At the 17th People's Choice Awards held on March 11th, Mel Gibson and Julia Roberts win for dramatic motion picture, and Bill Cosby and Kirstie Alley win in the TV categories. That's kind of weird. How times have changed. Yeah. Julia Roberts, what a bitch. No. <laughs> Kirstie Alley ate Julia Roberts. Has Julia no, Roberts Gibson done anything? Ate Kirstie Alley. <laughs> Kirstie Alley ate all their careers. Oh my god. Uh oh, March eighth, the acronym of the week pops up. It's NJC. Of course that's uh Nubile Jaguar Cox. <laughs> <laughs> that shouldn't be that funny. Of course that it is, is. That is almost correct. <laughs> <laughs> it is New Jack City. Ah, the I move. almost went with newborn for the first word, ooh, but that ooh. seemed a step too far. Wow, Whoa. that's rough. All right, oh, so uh, that's kitty porn. A movie about Harlem. <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> Every once in a while, I you win. get a wonderful, glowing moment of genius. <laughs> it, so, it's something. It's something I would watch. <laughs> So, a uh, movie about Harlem Street Gang starring Ice-T and Wesley Snipes premieres. And, yeah, that's uh, New Jack City. New Jack City, yeah. yes. And uh, Howard Elliott Ashman, Disney lyricist for, Mizzy, for many movies, such as Oliver and Company, Little Mermaid, Aladdin, and Beauty and the Beast, quits writing for Disney because he died of AIDS. Whoa, Whoa that man. escalated quickly. <laughs> I did not see that coming. <laughs> mm. What a twist. I was just reading along with Mike. I'm like, quits writing? Oh, that's too... Oh. <laughs> you should never read along with me. I never know where I'm going to wind up. All right. That's the only way he knows what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's a deep cut. Deep as the uh, Valley Bertinelli. <laughs> Bertinelli. Bertinelli. The Bertinelli Valley. Jesus right. Christ. Uh-oh. Look out for the Trevors. <laughs> Holy... All right, uh, the top TV shows in America are Cheers, 2020, Roseanne, and America's Funniest Home Videos. Oh, yeah, home videos. Home videos, yeah. America's Funniest Videos, but which is on Netflix. Is it really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that would have the same appeal. Watching. No, since YouTube became a thing, I mean, you can actually watch the amusing stuff without having to hear Bob Saget fail. Yeah. yeah. That's the charm of the show. No, I mean. No, if, no it's not. No, <laughs> it's too wrong. You'd rather watch Tom Bergeron? Yes, actually. Seems I've like never, a false never... dichotomy to me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've never cared for Bob Saget or his sense of humor. The only time I've ever found him funny was in The Aristocrats. Oh, I, I like his stand-up. I did, he tries. It, it just he tries too hard to be shocking. I liked him in Dumb and Dumber. No, I still haven't watched that. We good now? Yeah, we're good. Okay. <laughs> On uh, March 15th, the four officers involved in the March 3rd capture and violent arrest of Rodney King are officially charged with the beating, which was shown on televisions across the country. Uh, wow. Keeping it real here, Pat. That's... In 1991. And then, and then to make it a little bit heavier, on March 8th, Joker's Wild and Tic-Tac-Toe <laughs> both air the final episodes. And I'm more upset about that. How sad is that? 
Tic Tac Doe was awesome. Pat, can't we just all get along? <laughs> Joker's Wild. I love Joker's Wild more than Tic Tac Doe. What? I vaguely remember both of those. Joker's Wild had that that uh, giant lever on the floor that they would have to pull, and it would you know everything would spin around, and the, like a five foot tall deck of cards would spin around, and then if you landed on a Joker, then I, like I think whammy. I'm thinking of something else. Cause Wait, the, the whammy? No, that's that's press your luck. No, yeah. I know. I was just oh, saying okay. it was like a whammy if a joke. Gotcha, gotcha. Oh, okay. So in the meantime, sports. On March 14th, the Ice Dance Championship at Munich is won by Isabel and Phil Duscanet of France. And the Ice Pairs Championship is won by Natalia Miskatonic and Arthur Dimitriv. Close enough. Yeah, that wasn't so bad. No. We gave you so much crap over the Bernatelli Valley. Yeah, you fuckers better shut up. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> right give you a pass on the sports as well. Yeah, we'll have some technical issues with Skype in a second here. This is <laughs> so, uh, Deadpool, the so, hottest thing yeah. on a stick right now, is is this uh, Deadpool thing? Um, if you've been to a Comic Con, if you've been to a any sort of real like nerd convention whether it's comic-con or game con i mean they're everywhere at gen con like friggin roaches out there people doing dead he's, al- he's almost become the number one cosplay out there yeah for guys that's probably true well and some girls and some girls yeah there is a female deadpool but uh originally created back in 91 by rob liefield and fabian nazia that's the closest i'm gonna get to saying that right uh, Deadpool was in New Mutants ninety in ninety nine number ninety eight, and uh, this is back when shoulders were broad and feet were small in comics. Yeah. Pockets were ample. Yes, everybody had freaking pockets all over the place, and nobody had pupils. Yeah, to or, to understand why Deadpool was Deadpool, like you, you got to go back to the early nineties where we're having the Rob Liefeld in the Age of Attitude. Because there was something missing in comics that fans really wanted, and that was that sense of humor. Uh, yeah, it was It was in this time where suddenly everybody was brooding. Yeah, yeah, the attitude <clears throat> era. I mean, all of a sudden, Spider-Man is focusing on, like, his trauma about all the people he failed to save. He's not cracking wise anymore. And that was the, th- I mean, that is... Oh, that is one of the tragedies of this time is because they decided to even make Spider-Man this dark thing. When, and, you know, uh, was one arc we read where he became married and suddenly his life fell, fell apart. But, right. um, yeah, it's like at this time was also when – was it when Vertigo came out? Uh, the Vertigo imprint would have been pretty new at this time. Yeah, I'm not sure. It was around this time because I remember, I remember picking up Sandman and that sort of thing at this time. But it was – the early '90s were dark. They were uh, brooding. They were attitude filled. They were. It was. There was no lightheartedness in anything. Even in like Superman. Superman was getting really dark too. This would be two years before Vertigo. That was '93. Oh, okay. okay, but it's in that same, you know, early '90s yeah. time. This is the the precursor to all that. But um, they just people needed a break, and. What? I'll say Liefeld and Isaiah, they got together and came up with this uh, mercenary that had an attitude to everything that was going on. It was actually kind of like dark funny. Right. And uh, Liefeld was hot. uh, He was the hottest thing in comics. He created Cable. New Mutants were huge. And uh, they wanted to debut a whole bunch of new characters. And that issue of New Mutants uh, had... 
not only Deadpool, but the first appearance of Domino. Mm-hmm. And Gideon. And Gideon. I mean, oh. Gideon didn't become important <laughs> again until recently. Yes. Like the la- when you start getting into like some spot in Cannonball. And honestly, the most important thing he did in that story was die. Which isn't a big shame, but. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, who is he? Besides being this, you know, this hot movie out right now, uh, his name is Wade Wilson. It's a parody of the name Slade Wilson, who is the character Deathstroke, uh, totally deliberate, mocking Deathstroke, and it actually winds up that that is becomes Deadpool's thing is mocking the comics that he's in. I, I don't know <clears throat> that it was necessarily a mockery of Deathstroke because Liefeld was a huge Deathstroke fan. I think it was more of a nod. Oh, absolutely. Uh, he's gone on record as saying that Deathstroke is one of his favorite comic book characters of all time. And, uh, yeah, like, the visual design is partially lifted from Deathstroke, partially lifted from Spider-Man. And, obviously, the beginnings of the personality are also directly lifted from Spider-Man. That's and how Patrick's going to go out, you know, with a Deathstroke. <laughs> Take that how you will. Aww. Aww. He's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to determine in what context he means that. Oh, completely masturbatory. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh... He <laughs> meant like a cardiac infarction kind of thing. Pretty much. Uh, so what's his deal? He's the failure of the Weapon X program. Uh, the one where created Wolverine up in Canada. It's the one where uh, he, Wolvie came from. They gave him the claws and everything. But Wade Wilson... Why did I write that? <laughs> I got carried away by by my alliteration. <laughs> worsenary. He was a worsenary. He was a Wade Wilson was a worsenary in a nuclear vessel. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Anyway, he was a good one. He had no remorse. All killing. Uh, two swords across his back. Ammo pouches all over. Guns. I mean, he was pretty badass. Then the cancer sets in. He goes to the Weapon X program to get cured and become this superhero mercenary. Is it, is it called Weapon X or Weapon 10? Weapon it's X. Weapon X in the comics, but uh, there are specific reference made uh, by uh, Fabian uh, Nicieza. Uh, hello? Hello. Hi. Hello. Oh, that's weird. Uh, that uh, he wanted uh, Deadpool to be like Weapon 9, the sort of like messed up almost almost quite not there. He He referred to Deadpool as... Like, you see the movie Twins with DeVito and Schwarzenegger? Yep. Mm-hmm. He wanted Deadpool to be DeVito to Wolverine Schwarzenegger. Like, it, they didn't quite get the process right. They yeah. sort of made him a superhero, but they also messed him up a bit. A bit. Uh, he, he has no hair, skin falling off his face. It's almost as if... The cancer is trying to kill him, but his healing factor is fighting it off every single moment. Right. That's what he looks like. Um, completely disfigured. Uh, Ajax, who is in charge of the program, also tortures him to try and kick in his, uh, his whatever his mutant ability is. And luckily for him, it turned out to be uh, super healing. Uh, but Wade, who was kind of off balance to begin with, just jumps off the edge into the warm arms of insanity. Uh, he goes completely berserk and uh, takes on the moniker Deadpool and becomes what's become, becomes the Merc with a Mouth. And yeah, uh, kind of take... talked about where oh. he got the, the name. Hello? 
Yeah, hi. Yep, we hear you. Okay. <laughs> what <are> you- <laughs> I was just surprised as Mike's like, well, damn. Uh, his parents were talking about a Deadpool where you like bet on which stars are going to die in a particular year. And he thought that that sounded like an awesome name for a superhero. Yeah. So we used to do that. Remember that in the, the email chain? Oh, yeah. The, the lock. The lock, the shock, and the dark horse. Yeah. Yeah, and then you went two years in a row and never got anything. You never got the chocolate cow. You never got, got accolades. Shit. Ah, well, he comes to Merc with the mouth. He's and he actually kind of becomes like the like Spider Man used to be, fighting, punching, making wisecracks. You know it, and becomes entertaining. Uh, well, and the audiences latched onto that because there was it was severely lacking, like we had said earlier. Oh yeah. Yeah, because cause the other thing, you know, all the other heroes are trying to figure out how they can run around with such, you know, huge thighs and tiny ankles. <laughs> <laughs> and no shoes with laces. Yeah. And at the beginning there, like, he's funny, but it, it doesn't take a whole lot of funny to stand out in that age of attitude. Like, he isn't the Deadpool that we see in the movie. Not yet. No, he's no, just, he was like, really oh. cocky. And bland, it was really bland humor. I mean, it was not as quick-witted and, and sharp as it is now. I mean, there are some echoes of what he's going to be. He, he's so flippant as he's uh, taking on these huge uh, New Mutants characters that everyone's come to love up to this point. And it's like he's showing off what a badass he is by like very casually dealing with them and wisecracking them. So mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, but he and the first person they have him take on is Cable, and it's he's. I'm trying to think if I, there was like a a character in a movie that we can parallel to him, because he's kind of like, look, I got to do this because I've been hired to. It's not. I got nothing against you. I just this is just a job. It's not personal. Bit of uh, Mandy Patinkin in uh, as in Diego Montoya. Kinda, yeah. Except a lot meaner. <laughs> it's. Well, yeah, and he pretty much deals with almost the entire New Mutants team, and then he totally gets wharfed. I don't know if you guys know the term. He uh, has to fight in some sort of battle with a big edged weapon. That's not the term. Oh, being wharfed to go down. Yes, he goes down to the docks to get a job as a longshoreman. He gets uh, ridges on his forehead. He gets beaten by a very easy opponent. Well, that's the thing is whenever they want to establish a new character in Star Trek, the generation is a badass. They have him kick the living shit out of Worf. Mm -hmm. And that was what they did with Domino is like the first thing she does in her first panel is take out Deadpool after he's dealt with almost the entire New Mutants team. And to her, you know, Domino does turn out to be a pretty badass character. Oh, yeah. And she maintains her uh, connection to Deadpool over the years, as does Cable. Uh, mm-hmm. You keep going back to the two characters who matter from that uh, episode or from that issue of New Mutants. Uh, oh, and they keep returning to those relationships as the years go on. Yeah. yeah. They became pretty big players, I mean, and longstanding characters. So, uh, yeah, so he shows up in 91. In 93, he comes into his own miniseries called The Circle Chase. Uh, the reason I, I actually picked this one up because I love the penciler in this one. Joe. Mataria. Oh, yeah. Joe, Joey Mad is awesome. He's the guy who did Battle Chasers until yeah. he just, like, gave up. Until he, Well, he did Battle Chasers until he decided to make a, um, a video game where you have to pick up Skittles. 
Oh, well, yeah, but there was like 30 years in the middle there. <laughs> but no. Battle Chasers was like crazy, though. Like the artwork. That's oh, what yeah. That's oh, yeah. what I'm thinking of. Yeah, that's... Yeah, with, the, with the giant cool. glove. Absolutely. Yeah. His, yeah, that was insane. Yeah, that was good stuff. But yeah, that... So he did that uh, that miniseries, The Circle Chase. It was pretty good. And, you know, then he had... In 94, they decided to uh, give give him his own his own series. The problem is this is 94-ish, mid-90s, where the comic market is just about getting ready to bottom out. Yeah, I mean, people have been speculating on comics for years. They don't understand that comics are only rare if everyone isn't holding on to them because they're going to be worth something someday. Right, and they're only rare you know, if you don't make 18 different variant copies of it and put a hologram on them. Same yeah. thing happens to any collectible industry once it suddenly becomes mainstream. Right. Well, and there are warehouses full of Spawn number one. Right. <clears throat> yeah. It's like when the I Dark mean, just, Knight... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, the same thing happened in Magic the Gathering and Pokemon and um, uh, Beanie Babies and everything. Once it gets really popular, everybody thinks they can jump on board and make a million. Next thing you know, they devalue everything. Well, that's when I when I was... I was still collecting comics when the bottom dropped out because when Dark Knight Returns happened... And all of a sudden, they're in like the third and fourth printing, and everybody's lusting after the first printings. It's like every episode or every issue after that, like you said, either had a bazillion runs, like the death of Superman, that everybody has a copy, or they did the variant covers where maybe there was one that was a little bit rarer than the others, but yeah. the value just was not there anymore. I've got three copies. I don't even remember buying it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it got pretty, pretty insane. And not only are comics in general struggling, but Marvel decides to cut ties with Nicieza on the the writing for this. Uh, Nicieza wrote the Circle Chase, uh, wrote, uh, helped create the character, and they decided that they weren't going to allow him to work on any more Deadpool stuff. But ultimately, that that may have been that may have been uh, a, a good thing long term sure because then enter uh mark wade and mark wade and ian churchill together when they come for uh the second miniseries the deadpool sins of the past and here's where we start to see the birth of the deadpool that we know now Uh, he made a conscious decision to uh, compare him to bugs bunny basically and if you if you've read any of them, and you—I mean—you're talking about the Bugs Bunny of, of, <laughs> of all the Bugs time, Bunny. yeah, the old school Bugs Bunny. Uh, right. Looking at the screen, you know, make you're, where you're in on the joke. Is Bugs Bunny is still my favorite cartoon character. Oh, solid. Thank you, Pat. I heard. I heard they're remaking uh, Space Jam. Huh. Well, and, but he didn't start breaking the fourth wall yet. This was still his slow descent into complete madness. Sure, but yeah, they decided they could do some crazy stuff because no one was paying attention. Marvel was kind of done with Deadpool, and uh, the walls were falling down around them. So they're mm-hmm. like, what the hell? We're going to take a shot and do whatever. Yeah, no one's paying attention. We might as well jump on this now. And it picked up. People liked it. I mean, it's it was, again, It's he, he stands out. I, I compared him to... I don't know if there's any, you know, how many DC, many DC re- listeners or DC readers we have in the four of us, but uh, have do you guys know uh, Ambush Bug? 
Oh, heck yeah. I kind of know him, yeah. I mean, I make mine Marvel all the way, but I still know more about DC than the average non-comic person. Yeah. I love Ambush Bug. Ambush Bug is if Deadpool was Pat, because he knows he's in a comic, but he really only has one ability, and that's to teleport. And he's <laughs> and he's really not that muscular, and he just wants, he knows what's going on as a whole, but he and he just wants to survive it. <laughs> and he pops up everywhere. He, yeah, it's all over the DC universe. Yeah, he really is, and he and he knows, and he and he, everybody thinks he's insane because of it. But he's talking to the. He'll talk straight out of the comic at you. He he knows what's going on. He knows that this is all being written by somebody. Uh, but then Marvel took it and twisted it. You know, it's got this guy now. He's a badass, and he starts a little bit more in, during this time into a little bit more crazier, a little bit more wackier, a little bit more. Aware until which, which 1999 one? when Christopher Priest replaces uh, Kelly, yeah, on the book. And Christopher Priest decides, fourth wall, let, let's just bust through it, yeah. Which, and that's the one where they're all in the um, the trailer park, but you know, it's it's though it's not easy to write crazy and to make it not too far over the line and not too sublime to not work and people have tried it and it doesn't always pan out but there's this fine line that they seem to be walking here that they continue to kind of toe just well enough at the right time that i think it's kind of a perfect storm you know that made the character what it is yeah and <clears throat> when you look at the priest run all of a sudden you've kelly basically perfected wade wilson's voice Got him into that crazy place. Introduced us to Weasel and Blind Al. Introduced us to many of the characters that we're going to talk about in the movie. They're from that initial run. Hmm. But then Priest took the wacky, zany, genre-defining stuff. The stuff where you could say, if you took any character that isn't Deadpool and tried to put them in the story, it wouldn't make any sense. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And then after Priest... Uh, is leaving, and this comic book is not particularly successful in terms of money, uh, they're constantly fighting cancellation. Who do they get to pick up the mantle after Christopher Priest uh, leaves? But someone who isn't famous yet, but a name that uh, especially DC fans are going to come to know, a very young Gail Simone. Now, I don't know if you guys know Gail Simone. But Gail Simone is probably most famous for the creation and the entire run of Oracle. Oh, really? Yeah, her her take, uh, she is probably the most well-regarded female comics writer in, at least in the big two. Um, I've loved her work from the beginning. And I didn't actually know that she was uh, involved in early Deadpool until I did some research for this show and she actually uh took what had been put together by kelly and priest and also brought in some of the tragic backstory from uh deadpool's past all the weapon x stuff some of the darker stuff from the 90s attitude era and kind of meshed it together it's still funny but there's that dark bite of an undercurrent which carries over into the way the 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 film kind of plays out in a lot of ways. Yeah. And, and that's not to say that like uh, Gail Simone's run was brooding or nasty at all because it's as hyperactive and funny as anything from like the early 90s. 
But uh, yeah, definitely if you haven't seen the end of this run uh, before they kind of shit can the book, because uh, uh, Gail Simone was at the helm when they're uh, when Marvel calls her out of the blue and says, uh, "We're listen, we're happy with what you're doing. Congratulations, thank you. We're canceling the book." Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're doing great. Now you can go. So uh, this is, but this is also in the time where everything had an exit. Um, that was kind of their solution for the 2000s and getting <laughs> everything. X Force, X Statics, um, Soldier X. Uh, they wound up bringing him back in 2004, where Fabian came back with the Cable and Deadpool, uh, where they teamed up. Mm-hmm. Well, so. and before that, uh, he made appearances in Agent X, who was pretty much. Deadpool again, and it was also written by Gail Simone again. Right. Hmm. That was what she took over when they ended the series. But, um, you know, what's interesting, though, is that when you get a character that you create that takes on a life of its own, that lives outside of the creator itself, and you can take it and add to its mythos, and it just continues to grow. And here they just had, again, that perfect storm of all the writers that kept bringing out little things that eventually turned it into this just magic, you but, know? And it still wasn't selling like cable nope. and Deadpool. Like I read a bunch of them and I had already been familiar with some of it. Uh, it was constantly at the bottom of Marvel's top 100 and it was quietly canceled and everyone pretty much figured, well, that's it for Deadpool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and I think that's probably, uh, unless anyone's got anything to say about this early era, this is a good place to take a break because uh, when we come back, we could talk about how everybody was wrong and where he went from failed comic character relic of the 90s who was critically acclaimed but never sold very well to the juggernaut that he is today in a brand new movie. Mm-hmm. I, I do want to just point out one thing from then that, that we I forgot to mention that I think people should look into if they have some spare time. If you can get a copy of Deadpool 11, which is oh. one of Joe Kelly's runs, it's probably considered the the best of, of most of the series. But they basically take the classic story of, of from the 60s of Spider-Man versus Kraven the Hunter, except Deadpool goes – I forget exactly how he gets there, but he it's him and Blind Al, I believe, go back into that time – and she's May Parker, and he's Spider-Man. Right, and, and they re- they leave the dialogue intact for almost everybody, but then Blind Al and Deadpool have their dialogue, their self-aware dialogue changed, saying what they'd say. The art's the same. Everything looks identical, except you just start swapping out characters and adding some. It's like Pride and, Pre- Pride and Prejudice, but Pride and Prejudice with zombies. You know, that same kind of concept. And it's it's kind of brilliant. And at the time, like now, you're like, oh, yeah, that's something Deadpool would do. But at the time, everyone's like, what? <laughs> yeah. Look it up at some point. Take a, take a look at it. And then if you're not familiar with the original comic, look at the original comic. And it's just it's so just it, it blows my mind. So sorry. I just had to mention that. No, I no, it totally oh, needs to be mentioned. All right. So we're ready to take a break right now. I got to take a Deadpool. Ooh, don't uh, do that. Yeah. That, that's not true. I just wanted to say that. Pat wants to go find his head pool. <laughs> what? That uh, become re- becomes relevant after this. He wants to go have a death stroke. <laughs> All right. We're, we'll be back in a bit. 
Hello, everybody. We're back to get our dead on. I, oh, that could have gone a little bit better. Than everybody that. into the pool. Yeah, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so we had left off. Josh went and just crossing over. Yeah, we're talking about like in the two thousands, uh, despite. Uh, a pretty good run on uh, Cable versus Deadpool. Deadpool as a character just wasn't selling, and they're about ready to do away with him. And something strange happened in the late 2000s, like 2008, 2007, 2008. Uh, you had Deadpool popping up in other media. Like, I, I'll admit it, I as not being a huge fan of the X books back in the 1990s, my personal first real notice of Deadpool is when he showed up in Marvel Ultimate Alliance, the video game, as this uh, off-the-wall, smart-ass character. And then, like, Bader Minoff phenomena, you start seeing him everywhere, and they launch, relaunched his series as a standalone. And uh, in the 2008 debut, it, it rocketed to the top of the charts. And to this day, nobody exactly knows why. Just something about the fact that he's off the wall, a wise-ass, constantly breaking the fourth wall and throwing pop culture references. Just, it clicked. Well, I think a lot of that did have to do with, they, they all say the, the internet. Sure. Yeah, he's, he is kind of like the personification of the internet. Yeah, that he he knows what's going on. He knows that it's all, I don't say a joke. He's like a walking meme. Yeah, yeah. He's irreverent. Uh, he has sort of got, uh, though he's primarily straight. He's got a little bit fluid sexuality. Well, I think there the was it Nazia that uh, Fabian said said was it him that said he is whatever he needs to be at the time. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. Whatever it is that I guess. Uh, because Liefeld would have said more pockets. Yeah. But my, my thing is it was not so much as what he has time, but whatever makes it funny, you know? Yeah, and after his uh, solo series became uh, a surprise hit for a character that uh, I'm kind of shocked they even gave him a book. And it's interesting. His I, I had mentioned that uh, I first took notice of him, Ultimate Alliance. That was 2006. Okay. So I don't think I was the only person to first notice him there because the solo series came out in 2008. Okay. And then he was in Ultimate Alliance 2, the video game in 2009. I have that one. And then Marvel versus Capcom 3 in 2011. I got that one. So, like, between this ancillary media and a breakout surprise hit they realized, hey, wait a minute, this character's making money on a scale he didn't even make when he was big in the early 90s. Well, do you think it could have been, though, that comic readers like myself, you know, stopped when they kind of became out of reach cost-wise and there was too much, you know, collectability nonsense that wasn't, that was happening that really wasn't a thing. But then these video game people that either were former comic nerds or had never read a comic, all of a sudden here's this character that kind of <clears throat> leaps out of the game that is the game's already fun, but there's this character that stands out. So maybe they flock to read the book because of the vague game. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Or well, other media. Well, and, and he, he stepped outside of the norm also. I mean, and Marvel decided to take this ball and run with it. They ran almost a dozen comic series with Deadpool as the star. 
Uh, there's a Deadpool Max. There's the Deadpool Killogy. Uh, Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe. Deadpool kills Deadpool. Yeah, um, Mar- Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe is my favorite. His uh, turn in uh, Marvel versus Zombies, the that whole world where you have zombified uh, characters in this alternate universe, in a lot of ways, despite the fact that Deadpool was decapitated, he was the big survivor breakout crazy uh, character, uh, the zombie Deadpool. Mm-hmm. He was so popular that the decapitated head of Deadpool made its way into the core Marvel universe and ended up in the Deadpool Merc with a Mouth series, which I reread just today. Mm. And he's strapped to dead, another Deadpool's belt. And Merc with a Mouth takes a Deadpool thing and, all, like you said, runs with it. But you've got Deadpool, female Deadpool, or she, Sheepool? Fempool. Fempool. Fempool, Dogpool, Kidpool, and Headpool. <laughs> and I think this... Pocketpool? <laughs> that's, trust Femmingpool. me, that, that comment is that I'm sure they take a, advantage of that. Uh, that crack, but uh, th- I think the thing is that they, with them running with this and just going with it, I think that was kind of like the, uh, like a release. You well, know, sure. The, I mean, the, there's obviously the market for the kind of sophomoric, wacky sense of humor, and to be honest, some of the stuff that they wrote for Deadpool was not great. Like as a character, Deadpool isn't terrible, but there is a saying going around the comic book industry that like there's nothing wrong with Deadpool except that he has the worst fans in comics (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Gen Con listener if you're listening still (laughs) we appreciated you dressing like Deadpool well, I, and I'm not taking a shot at the cosplayers. I mean, that's possible to I've, I've a lot of media comes under fire for this sort of thing. Uh, same thing has been said about the video game Halo. It's like nothing wrong with Halo. Halo yeah. fans are crap. Yeah. Or Madden. Yeah. You know, or Tech Mobile. Watch it. So, I mean, what about the, the Deadpool cosplay? I know, Pat, you'd said your uh, entire concept of the character was colored basically by annoyance at the Deadpool cosplayers. Yeah, I mean, that was my all, you know, you talked about how you first got to know Deadpool. That was how I first got to know Deadpool, was through the cosplayers at the conventions. And the majority of people that dress as Deadpool think that is a license for them to do whatever they want and act like an asshole and yada yada, because they're just not superhuman beings like the character of Deadpool. And it's weird. Most of them play Deadpool as a cosplayer like Psycho Mimes. Right. Which is so crazy because he's known for being like a Robin Williams kind of never shuts up. And but they're not clever enough or smart enough to do that. So they just, you know, they, they, it just translates into let's be an asshole to, for them because they can't, they can't play that character. They, look, they like him because he's what they wish they were. But when they dress up as him, they can't be him. Maybe they're being the, the Ryan like, Reynolds version from the uh, Wolverine. Yeah. That's like Patrick and uh, Anne Margaret. Ann Thatcher? Ann Canfield? <laughs> And on to I'm something else. All right. I, um, I want to be in Mar- Anne Margaret. Well, I have to ask though. What, what do you mean they're the worst fans? Because I, I always thought you were just referencing the, the cosplayers. Because even though I don't, I don't have a problem with them per se. They do kind of 
become a little bit annoying at times. I, in general, like the most annoying, the loudest, the worst behaved, the most, uh, how do I put this? The ones I have the most obviously wrong opinions and wish to trumpet them the loudest <laughs> in general tend to be the Deadpool fans. Pat, and are you a Deadpool fan? <laughs> having worked in a comic shop, I can say that that is not an unfair observation. Now, is that, I mean, even just the readers or, it's, or you know, separate the readers from the from the cosplayers? I mean, are the... That's, that's totally true about... And that's not saying if you like Deadpool, you are a shitty person. But if you are a shitty person who's into comic books, I bet you I can guess who the number one character on your poll list is. Squirrel it's not Girl. Ambush Bug. Not Ambush Bug. No. Hey, what's wrong with Squirrel Girl? <laughs> Squirrel Girl's cool. Aquaman. Douche. So, <laughs> but, I mean, there are... I said a, that just to piss Josh off. <laughs> there are a lot of people who have uh, seen some stuff in Deadpool that is not representative of a lot of other com- characters in comics. I mean, he's a character who's struggled with uh, a terminal disease, mental illness. Uh, he's... Great. Yeah, he's a rape survivor. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, story. He, uh, like I had mentioned, oh. he's got the sort of uh, fluid sexuality. And uh, so. Yeah, Thor, Thor is never going to call another dude hot. Right. Thou you might odd. think it, but he's never going to say it. Hot. So it's not just the. <laughs> I'd like to tap that ass god. It's not just the terrible people who like Deadpool. Deadpool's got fans from all walks of life. Including Mr. Ryan Reynolds. Yes, who unluckily pulled Green Lantern as uh, his first. Was Green Lantern? Uh, uh, no, that's true. Green was, Lantern was later. Yeah, because yeah, was... he got to play Deadpool, sort of. Yes. They, <laughs> the first time. Yeah, the first time around. He Well, he played him right half the time. Yeah, has, has everybody except probably Pat seen Wolverine Origins? No, I saw it. Oh, you saw it. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I have it. And that like, was the first time I'd ever seen, seen Deadpool I mean, in action. Yeah. yeah, the first two scenes, like, before you get to the end, he's actually pretty good. Oh, yeah, yeah the, I, where him it, running into the room with the swords, reflect, uh, deflecting all the... Uh, all the, bu- the bullets in half. Yeah, I mean, that is right there. That is what Deadpool is. The problem... He's, he's really obnoxious in the elevator, and you're and nobody likes him until he suddenly shows what a badass he is. Right. Right. And then you get to the end. Where they decide right. to take the Merc with the mouth and sew it shut. And make him teleport around and, and shoot lasers. And his swords now come out of his forearms because uh, meetings. Um, <laughs> Baraka wins. Yeah. yeah, he did. When he looked just like Baraka, Baraka didn't he? Yeah, he, he had a bit of Mortal Kombat going on there. Yeah. But, and, and the guy from, um, what was that other game, that we the fighting game that we played where the guy was made out of ice and he would like sink into the ground and then pop back somewhere else killer instinct yes wow very good i was gonna go with earthworm jim (laughs) (laughs) so so ryan reynolds got i I think this experience of almost but not quite getting it right like stuck in his craw like he was obsessed with getting it right yeah and that's the thing is that because the I think he realized that that character had so much potential, especially from his... I mean, because well, honestly... The, I, that, I read somewhere that, that he fell in love with the character when he found out that the, the guy who created it described him as Ryan Reynolds meets the Sharpay. 
Yeah, right. You're like Ryan Ryan Reynolds mated with a Sharpay. Yeah, and when he found out that that was how the the creator of the of the comic book described his character, he's like, well, maybe I should learn a little bit more about him, and he kind of fell in love with him. Well, I mean, because then you think about it, Ryan Reynolds has been playing Deadpool since college when he did Van Wilder. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. You know, Deadpool is yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's got that. He's got that character. He's been playing that, and now. Instead that rapid of it, fire one liner sarcasm, right? Not giving a shit, you know, doing whatever the hell he wants, and you know, it's finally, it's like, oh, it's you know, oh, it's Ryan Reynolds doing the Van Wilder thing. Now it could be Ryan Reynolds doing the the uh, Deadpool thing. Well, think about his turn as as Hannibal King in Blade Three or Blade Trinity. It had that same kind of smarmy, smart, snarky. He was really good in that, honestly. He was the best part of the movie, and that's because he was playing kind of that. Deadpoolish character. Not that he was as adequate as a fighter or whatever, but the the jokes, the violence, and him. But to be fair, you can kind of see why it was difficult to get the Deadpool movie made because uh, Green Lantern was not popular. Oh, that's uh, terrible. Blade Trinity bombed, and the and X Men Origins Wolverine was widely panned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like superheroes and Ryan Reynolds track record not so good. No, but, not good at all. But I mean, he was finally he uh, ponied up as one of the producers, right? And he got involved with uh, uh, Lauren Schuler Donner, and then uh, the Zombieland screenwriters, and then a uh, guy who had uh, never done any feature directing. This uh, visual effects guy, Tim Miller. They got together and got the permission from Rob Liefeld to make a proof of concept for a Deadpool standalone. Uh, it was awesome. Fox looked at it, said, cool, and threw it on a shelf. That thing blew up the internet once it got out there, though. Yeah, yep. I mean, well, it was finished in 2011 and sat on a shelf for three years, and they still don't know who leaked it. You know, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, it was oh. done in 2011, and it was leaked on uh, July 28th, 2014. Holy crap, I didn't know that. I remember the day it hit Reddit. Reddit went shitstorm. Oh, yeah. Oh, did. yeah. Because it was it was so spot on. It was so perfect that aside from being expanded, it, it pretty much made its way shot for shot completely into the uh, final movie. Mm, that was a whole opening scene. Well, pretty much the whole movie almost. Well, half of it. Well, uh, yeah, the big fight that uh, they cut back and forth into from the opening flashback, yeah, yeah, with the car is basically that over. trailer. When I remember when that thing hit, and I was like, "Oh, cool," you know, and I'd be interested to check that out. I was not expecting to hear the voice that I heard, and when I heard that it was him doing the voice, I was like, "Oh man!" Well, I, I was impressed. And should we get into? I've, the movie? I've always been a big Ryan Reynolds fan, and to be honest with you, he's one of the reasons I saw this movie was because it was him. You so if it would have been Jeremy Piven, you would have been out? <laughs> yes, 100%. <laughs> yeah, same here. Fuck Jeremy Piven. Jeremy Piven was good in PCU and everything else. Is, and, and he's good as Ari. Other than that. Anyway, back to... <laughs> For more of our thoughts yeah. on Jeremy Piven, refer to our John Cusack show, because he's in everything. True. So the movie, Deadpool. Yeah. So uh, I want to talk more about Piven. Let's not. Okay. You, yeah, you can go, do, you go can do a Piven a show on your own uh, podcast. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to the John Cusack show. <laughs> I hate let's Jeremy. See you a little while. I'm gonna call in blogspot.com. All right, so I'm gonna call into our voicemail, leave a message about John Cusack real quick. 
God, Jesus. It. I'm getting meta. No, I'm not. I'm just getting high. <laughs> All right, so this came out <laughs> a month ago. He's going to ignore Short, me. Yeah, Shortly I'm, after uh, Star Wars finally cooled off. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. came around uh, Valentine's Day. Because remember, he put out that whole promo that it was yep. this romance. February 12th. Yeah, Valentine's it, Day weekend. Yeah, because he he remember the tra- one of the trailers that he put out redid the whole movie to make it look like a uh, one of those sappy romantic uh, you know uh, guy coming uh, to realization with his own death. The movies. Notebook kind of movie. Yeah. yeah, we'll we'll come to the we'll talk about the marketing, in which a bit. was amazing because that's important to this film, right? So it was um, <clears throat> excuse me, directed by Tim Miller, uh, who is known for Scott Pilgrim. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was... As visual effects, though. Yep. This was his first directing uh, experience. Yeah, Edgar, Edgar okay. Wright directed. Okay. Uh, starring, like I said, Ryan Reynolds. And did you rearrange the names in this? No, no. this is uh, the... Uh, basically, you've got Ryan Reynolds, T.J. Miller, Marina Baccarin, Ed Scrain. Yeah, and these are all over the place on IMDb because the Dopinder, the cab driver, is second build. Right after Ryan Reynolds on this. Well, he was he was the second most important person in this movie. <laughs> yeah, he took Deadpool where he needed to go. Exactly. If it wasn't for him, Deadpool would have just been stuck somewhere. Right. So the <laughs> love interest Vanessa is played by the lovely Marina Baccarin, probably best known for Firefly, but also, I mean, she was in V. She was in. Uh, what, what was she in Firefly? She's uh, the companion. Oh, yeah, she was. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, she's in Homeland. So those, were those tattoos hers, or were they fake? They're fake. They're fake, Okay, yeah. good. Uh, they're, uh, she's in Gotham. She, she's been in a lot of stuff. And uh, very lovely, very talented. Glad to see her in this. Yeah. Uh, you have the main villain, Ajax, played by Ed Scrain, probably best known as being the first person cast as Dario Naharis on Game of Thrones. Yep. Before they recast him suddenly. Hmm. Twice. Weird. Hmm? Twice. I, he, he was like the mountain. He got recast, recast twice. Can I really give you a confession yeah. to you guys? I have only seen the first season of Game of Thrones. I, I can back you up on that. I've seen the first season and I think two episodes of the second season. Yeah. And that's it. I own all the ones that have been released, seen everything, and waiting anxiously for season six. Yeah. And, and the book. How'd you, take the, how'd you take the news that uh, George Martin died earlier this week? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I quit. Quickly, well, the first thing I saw was the fifth Beatle, yeah. Martin. So I never really had to, like, I never had that moment of, ah! Nice one, Mike. That was awesome. <laughs> he actually came forward. I think uh, R.R. Martin came forward was just like, look, I'm not dead. Calm the hell down. <laughs> but all my characters are. Yeah. Just yeah. for that, I'm but killing two more Starks. You, everyone you love is dead, though. Yeah. So, uh, but no. Um, some trivia about this one it is the first R-rated movie to open above $100 million in the U.S. box office. Uh, released on February 2016, exactly 25 years after Deadpool's first appearance in New Mutants. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and the shot-up targets in bed- Deadpool's bedroom are RCMP firearms qualifications targets. Ryan Reynolds' father and brother are Mounties, which are actually, eh? that's actually kind I of badass. is, too, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and um, just to Talk cut trivia sex. a little short... Ryan Reynolds had said that there are over 100 references throughout the entire film, including Easter eggs, pop culture references, cameos, and direct hits at other Marvel films. 
Oh, yeah. Like t- a crazy minor characters that you would never think were from the comics were totally from the comics. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. the random dude that he's fighting and he uh, lets live. He's like, Bob? Oh, uh, yes. That, that's Bob, agent of Hydra from, from Marvel Comics. Really? <laughs> yes. Yep. He, he's constantly running across Deadpool, uh, working different jobs, usually working for Hydra, and uh, Deadpool keeps letting him live. <laughs> Neat. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. And uh, did you notice the names of the streets in the opening scene? Where the uh, where he comes up over the side of the tipped car, uh, there's Liefeld and Zia. Um, oh yeah, street yeah. signs, yeah, and Parker, also with yeah. a direct reference to Peter Parker. But yeah, I mean, there's so or many. Or Dorothy ref- Parker. Yeah, that that too. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of street signs with names of different people I missed involved all the with it. Signs. Oh yeah, the street um, signs, and through the entire movie, one of the things that uh, Suzanne and I were trying to like. Weasel's voice. We knew we knew Weasel, but we couldn't figure out why we Transformers: knew. Age of Extinction. I know. What? I'm gonna hang up on your ass right now. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna say How to Train Your Dragon. I was gonna say Big Hero Six. Oh, huh. well, that too. Yeah. See, With, see, I just knew it was T.J. Miller. Yeah, I just like T.J. Miller. Pretty well-known stand-up comic, and one of the biggest things on uh, like Silicon Valley. Uh, on uh, HBO. No, he and plays he a lot of voiceover. Yeah, he plays yeah. character f- called Fred in Big Hero 6, which is honestly one of my favorite movies. Uh, Big Hero 6 is just great. And also makes this also makes the second movie that he's been with uh, Stan Lee. And he was in Age of Extinction, though, too. He dies. Yeah, he was also in Cloverfield. Spoilers. I mean... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I mostly know him from uh, from his stand-up. But uh, th- this guy's awesome, and he's going to be in uh, the sequel to Goon. Oh, really? Yeah. Wait, the hockey one? Yep. The one that we- yeah. oh, I- Goon Last of the Enforcers. T.J. Miller's already signed on. Nice. Debuting this year. But yeah, so there's, I mean, there's tons of references to this. And you're, this is one of those where you're going to have to watch it more than once. Yes. To catch everything, which is going to be kind of upsetting for me, makes it difficult, because one of the sticking points in my family was whether or not... Katie was going to be allowed to see this movie. Yeah, this this movie is a hard R. Yeah, it is. And, you know, it's like the violence, the sex, and now he's getting banged with a strap-on. Did not expect to wind up here. This is not... <laughs> yeah. But, uh, strangely, Suzanne was like, hey, guess what next week is? <laughs> <laughs> National uh... Women's Day! Um... <laughs> Not not to mention all the excessive violence and blood and guts and gore and all that fun stuff, too. Well, and that's the thing, is Ryan Reynolds took this, and he knew this is his one shot. If this doesn't hit and hit hard as an RR, R-rated superhero movie, it's ne- nothing ever is going to be made like this. So he what? had to get it right. And it would have been easy to make this just wacky Deadpool the meme lol so random. But the way they structured it so deliberately, giving you the upfront comedy and violence, then the serious tragic backstory, then more comedy and violence, then the love story, more comedy and violence. Like they kept moving between the two facets of the character masterfully. Mm -hmm. So you end up seeing all of the sides of Deadpool. And I don't think they they cheapened out on on either part of the story. It, no. They they did so much exposition without it ever really feeling like exposition. Yeah. No, they did that. Uh, yeah, it's the the circular storytelling. 
you know, they give you a little bit of now, go back to then, a little bit of now, go back to then. And I think that by the end of it, you're you're actually sympathetic to Deadpool. Oh, definitely. And even more sympathetic to uh, Vanessa, who eventually becomes a superhero in her own right. Yeah, Vanessa's in the comics. Of course, Negasonic Teenage Warhead's in the comics. Although, she was very different in the comics. Yes. She's very boring very in this movie, unless she wasn't fighting. Like, it was just a very two-dimensional character. Yeah, I mean, she was sort of the, like, gothy, mouthy teen. One thing I thought was cool is they didn't make her edgy by allowing her to out-mouth off Deadpool. Every time the two of them got into verbal sparring, he still got the upper hand. Without, well, it was his movie, yeah. Yeah, without yeah. cheapening either of their characters, though. Like the bit, like, what are you going to do? Are you going to mouth back at me or are you going to sulk? And she's like, you got me in a box here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. pretty damn funny. The, the writing was spot on. Oh, I just I mean, found a picture of Negasonic Teenage. It looks like Robert Smith. Yes. Uh, well, I mean, Negasonic Teenage Warhead was based off of the, the song. Okay. And uh, in the comics, her only power was precognition. And she was really just a plot device. Okay. Her, her main thing was to die. Yeah. Right, well, not anymore. Now she has a new life. Yes. Yeah. I liked her. I thought. I honestly thought she was pretty dang funny. Because, I mean, it's just the being a go- uh, father with a teenager who occasionally will pop off that attitude when she's tweeting. It's pretty, pretty damn funny. Oh, no. Please. Well, <laughs> then you, you figure the counterpoint of... Colossus, who normally would have been your straight man, but then they have Negasonic to be your uber straight man. He becomes your your chaotic good hero. I don't know. That's not the right choice, but you know he's your uber good straight man. Oh yeah, he's he's Captain America. He's even doing the like language. Yeah, right? the whole scene where um, what was the the badass uh, Ajax? No, the other one. Angel? Angel, when her a- when her boob falls out of her shirt. Oh. <laughs> yeah, this was a good casting choice for <clears throat> Gina Carano. Because uh, I think Gina is super tough, but she doesn't have crazy acting chops. And Angel is another deep, deep Marvel cut. Angel uh, in Marvel is called Angel Dust. Okay. And yeah, uh, perfect casting. Uh Great performance by Gina Carano. She's been in film before, but they usually try and give her roles that are just a little bit above her ability, and this is at her level. So now I'm curious, the one non-comic guy that we have here in the group, Pat. Patrick? You saw this today. I did. What did you think? I enjoyed it. I wasn't wasn't sure if the fact that it had been hyped so much was going to ruin it for me going into it. It kind of did a little bit because I was expecting a lot. I would place it um, high in my list of superhero movies, but not in the top three. It's probably probably number four, I would say. That's still pretty high. Yeah. yeah. And I know yeah, how I mean, you I, rate I movies. Def- I definitely liked it. I just, the way everybody was talking about it, I was like, a, you know, I should love this movie. But So, yeah, I, I did enjoy it. Uh, I like Ryan Reynolds a lot, so that helped. Um, the character, you know, there were a couple times when they could have gone a little bit too far with the smarmy irreverence and made it kind of just a little too juvenile and cheeky and they didn't go too far so they kind of pulled it back when they needed to it was just juvenile enough for him to make his point so i mean and i mean it's it's a fun character there's there's no denying that did you stay to the end of the credits i did and that the, okay. yeah, the, good that was very funny that was i i asked the guy 
you know, at the that was getting more ready to clean up. I'm like, should we stick around? And he's like, oh yeah. <laughs> and a lot of people failed to catch the reference because they were too young. Oh yeah, right? I had. A, I was walking out of the theater with a couple of kids that were all like. One of them was all like, "Do you know what that was from? Do you know what that was referencing?" The other guy's like, "No." And he's like, "That was Ferris Bueller." And the other guy's like, "I've never heard of that." I, I, yeah. Well, we'll call that at the very beginning, but I'll, I'll work it in post. <laughs> um, they should know what they're getting into by now, right? Yeah, I, would. I laughed the second I saw the wallpaper. <laughs> the second I didn't, bef- ca- I didn't catch it right then. That's yeah. Funny. When he when when I saw that hallway with that wallpaper, I laughed immediately. And there as soon was a, as he leaned out, I got it. But yeah. You know. Oh, in the robe? Yep. Yeah, <laughs> there are some references that if you aren't a certain age, you're just not going to catch. Yeah, there were some things that I, I was like, oh, I'm surprised they threw that in. I, I can't remember what they were right when now. When he called Blind Al Ronnie Millsap. Oh, yeah, that was that one cracked me up. And there was there was another one that made me laugh. I was the only one in the entire. There was like twelve of us in the theater. I was the only one that laughed at like three or four different jokes. Yeah, they they pull from a lot of different places for for the humor. And what was uh, with the IKEA thing? With uh, every single thing that they're talking about in the um, in the uh, w- apartment with, or whatever. Yeah, in the apartment. They're all they're always complaining. Uh, they're arguing about uh, IKEA. Uh, the all the IKEA names. Well, I think the gag was is that he was making a blind lady put together Arkea furniture, which is not particularly easy to put together, even if you have, Fancy. like, two people to specialize tools and, and instructions. Yeah. Yeah. I know some specialized tools. Um, <clears throat> you know, one of the things that I, I appreciated about this that a lot of other movies, superhero movies especially, um, I don't know what other movies would be like this, but seem to kind of cheat out on her or go the opposite direction you look at how often he had that mask on and how much dialogue was said through the mask. And you think about something like, I don't know, Judge Dredd with Stallone, where rather than deal with the fact that your main star is, you know, covered up, you remove the mask. Well, here, you know, despite the fact that he looked like uh, an avocado that had sex with another older, uglier avocado. Yes. <laughs> when he kept talking about things that he was, oh, it was so funny. It it just it was it was another very smart move that I'm sure Ryan Reynolds was pushing to stay true to the character. There's got to be a ton of footage on the cutting room floor of T.J. Miller just coming up with different things. Oh, that he yeah. Well, if you watch all the trailers, he says something different in most of them. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, there's yeah, be- and they cut some out because they went too far. I'm sure. As yeah, a matter oh God, of fact, I can't even imagine what the director's cut is going to be like on this thing. It, well, just yeah, and all the outtakes. If there's a gag reel, I mean, it's it's mm. going to be a very proud addition to my collection. I personally yeah, like definitely it. Definitely going to buy this one. Uh, straight off the bat, at the very in the, in the beginning of the credits, right when it comes out, some douchebags film starring God's yeah. <laughs> perfect idiot, a hot chick, the moody teen. Um, that I mean. Right then and there, I was like, I turned, to, I went, I went and saw this with Suzanne. I turned to Suzanne and was just like, they got this right because this is exactly the way it's supposed to be. And then him sitting up on the uh, on the overpass coloring is still awesome. Well, and if you notice, he's got the little portable, um, not a Walkman, portable the radio uh, stereo, yeah, it's radio. A but it says box. it says Wade Wilson on it though, or it says W Wilson's instead mm-hmm. of Deadpool, which. It's kind of interesting. What I, I'll tell you what I'm not looking forward to, though, 
is the rush of imitators. Now that this was so huge, yeah. I think Hollywood is going to take the wrong lesson from this and decide what we need to do is make an edgy, R-rated, sex and violence superhero movie because that's what the kids want. All right. And this was just perfect because it was his character. And, yeah, that's the thing is this wasn't – popular just because it was edgy and because it was R-rated. It's popular because it's Deadpool and it's different from all the other superhero movies and it's willing to take a jab at a genre which some people are getting fatigued on. I'm not. I'll, mm. I'll watch Marvel movies until they stop making them. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, then you've got a long <clears throat> life ahead of you. Yeah, I know, right? I have a question, though. Something that I've been I've talked about with some other people that I are, are fans because it's a curiosity question that I've been trying to figure out is when this movie came out, I mean, outside of star Wars, I don't think anybody expected the juggernaut. Well, I shouldn't say anybody. I think a lot of us expected it, but some people didn't. Um, is it as popular as it is because of all the fan base that was already in existence? Is it as popular as it is because of Ryan Reynolds? Is it just a perfect storm again, using that phrase of, all the things together. I mean, why did this movie become as huge as it did so quickly? Yes, yes, and yes. Well, plus the marketing. We kind of made oblique reference to it earlier is the marketing campaign for this was everywhere and they kept coming at different people from different directions. You you took my ball and ran with it. Perfect. That's where I was headed with this. But Here's um, your ball back. Well, and, <laughs> but I mean, there, there's been a whole like... I've been waiting my whole life to hear that. I've read articles about the whole marketing strategy and how, I mean, there's a great picture of Ryan Reynolds with the marketing staff at this big table and he's got this big smile on his face thanking them for everything they did because they literally took a whole new approach to the marketing. I mean, he was hosting Workaholics. They took over Workaholics for an episode and instead of advertising, they just had Ryan Reynolds and TJ Miller in character introducing the show and talking about Deadpool and and things during that. There's all yeah, the different they did the same trailers. Thing with Ed Midnight too. They did a there whole, you go. Whole, yeah. Um, all the different trailers. Where they did, where they did they nothing released. but show Deadpool commercials. <laughs> um, they had all the different variations on, you know, uh, him talking about Australia Day and him talking about you know whatever, and it just was nonstop. The billboards, the emoticon thing. Um, it's just well, like, the internet is what caused this thing to happen. So they pretty much used it to create the buzz and create the phenomenon that you see it, this just, is this is really a, an internet created movie almost well it's kind of like um the blair witch project yeah i was how I almost said that yeah where it took viral marketing and used it to its advantage here i mean they took just new avenues that i don't think people have ever really gone down before my personal favorite was the uh april 1st one where they said it was going to be a, a pg-13 there you go. No oh, yeah, when he uh, carved up Mario Lopez. Yep, yep, and he told him that it was, he was, they were, said it was going to be PG-13. I remember that exclusively, specifically, because guess who thought it was actually going to be PG-13 in my house? Mario Lopez? Oh. Uh, Katie. Yep. It's going to be PG-13? Oh, I get to see it. I'm just like, no, no, no. What day is it? You know, this is totally you're falling into the trap. It's, I figure she's got a little while before she can see this. Yeah, yeah, I think that would be wise. And then any questions that arise from this can be fielded by Suzanne. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely 
I, I almost think that they started with an NC-17 movie. It's like, okay, we're going to back up slowly until they're going to let us show this at R. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, it completely is. I mean, there's so many things that I was just amazed that they managed to squeeze into a, into a, a superhero Fair movie. Pants. And pants. <laughs> and pants. So, but yeah, um, what did you think of the final battle? All right, then. <laughs> I had, I had well, to, it's been a few weeks since I've seen it, so I had to stop and think it about it. It was the, the, the on top was. of the, the, the helicarrier. The, the not helicarrier. Right. No, they, it totally it, was a helicarrier. Well, they made it so you could clearly recognize that it was a crashed helicarrier, but it was just different enough that they could claim that that's what they were not what they were doing if they were going to get sued by Marvel Studios. Right. Right. They've came out and said that's not what it is, but it's pretty it was, clear. It was just your standard, nondescript helicarrier. Right. Yeah. You know. Kind of like the Yugo of helicarriers. Right. Because <laughs> everybody's got a crashed helicarrier laying around. Well, every town has one in their neighborhood. You know, it's just, you don't want to go, because that's how, like the marker for a bad neighborhood. If there's, <laughs> if there's ever a, a house that has a crashed helicarrier in the front lawn, then, you know, you probably should avoid it. Helicarrier on cinder blocks? <laughs> yes. This is the biggest cinder blocks I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Agent Coulson crying. <laughs> um, I I don't know. I mean, well, all the fights. I mean, the, the the end one just as much as the the focal point that led you up to the where they were back in real time. Or, I mean, everything about it was. And did you guys c- catch the 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 reference to Storm Shadow in uh, when he was first trying getting his costume put together? No, I missed. It. I think I missed it too. I might when yeah, he was totally all did. in white. I know he was all in white, but what did they say something or was just yeah yeah? What was the reference to? He was just all in white. He looked like Storm Shadow. Oh, that was they the specifically reference. saying oh. that they were doing that. I mean, what, did it's they make my that? Easter egg. Oh. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Joel's inserting his own reference. No, that was totally a reference. Well, then the second it wasn't the second version of the costume. It was like Spider Man kind of at that point. Anyway, so you guys start talking. <laughs> No, I want to know I'm about. Go what, back to talk about. I want, I want to know more about this uh, Storm Shadow thing. Well, you know, he was a superhero, so that was a Superman reference. Oh yeah, it was. See, <laughs> and he was in a city, so that was a Batman reference. It, it was, and he was. But anyway, British, and that means he lived underground. So and he was in a cab. So that was. He was in a cab. That was a taxi cab confessions reference. You were talking about the final fight, Mister Pool. That <laughs> I. Poole. And I expect a high five. <laughs> that was his character. Actually, was pretty damn funny. Yeah, I, it was great the way they kind of paired everybody off, get, let everybody show off a little bit. Let's face it, though, Ajax's plan not great. No, <laughs> it's like we're gonna deal with this guy who we know he can't kill with squads of goons. Eventually, who can get killed? <laughs> yeah. Well, you don't have to pay him then. Ah, it was a HR. So. <laughs> they needed some corporate cutbacks. They're like, well, let's just throw a whole bunch of people at Deadpool. We're downsizing. <laughs> We're dead sizing. Uh... Shut up, Francis. <laughs> no, I, <clears throat> I honestly, that movie was completely worth the wait. Oh yeah, absolutely. I I loved it. Like I said, if I'm gonna pick nits. A, the only nit I will really pick is that the bad guy's plan is really fucking stupid at the end. What was he exactly doing climbing up there anyway? What was <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, like, where was he going? My, my plan is I've got his woman and I'm going to stand up here. 
I can't kill him. Haven't figured out how to kill him. I'm just going to throw guys at him and see what happens. Oh, yeah. he killed all the guys, and now he's killing me. <laughs> and he keeps calling me. Seen I, never coming. This, I never saw this coming. <laughs> Bang, fuck, I'm dead. Oh, but speaking was, of oh, go ahead. Uh, being unstoppable, when his hand started to grow back and he was touching blind out. Oh, yeah, you, you might want to get out of here. It's probably going to look pretty big. In the, it's probably going to feel huge in this hand. <laughs> we also got a little bit of Pulo vision uh, when his head was all messed up. Oh, yeah. We started seeing unicorns and cartoons. Oh, right. yeah. Knife stuck in his, in his <laughs> temple. <laughs> Knife in his temple. He sees unicorns the whole time. She's shouting, you asshole, at him. And he's making the hearts and doing the finger in the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, that was the best. He's got a knife sticking out of his head, and he's just like making heart symbols at her. Like, mm. Well, yeah, and the because uh, that, that is a direct reference from Deadpool, yep. where he had like a machete stuck in his head. And this was at a time where one of the gags with Deadpool is he uh, will talk to his narration boxes. And some mm-hmm. of his narration boxes, they're in the standard comic book boxes, but they're actually just him talking out loud because people walk by and uh, will obviously have heard that he, uh, he just said that out loud. But this was a time in his career where he had like three different narration boxes in different fonts, and then he takes a machete to the head, and it drives several of them crazy, and they start arguing with each other. Mm-hmm. And that's a gag that you can't really do in movies so they decided, hey, we're going to do this gag in a different way by showing you what happens when Deadpool's brain gets messed up. And we're going to show you some pool of vision. Very clever way to handle it. Yeah. The end credits were entertaining, too. Right. The animated yeah. Deadpool. I mean, the and this is the thing. It's like it, if they had tried to do this, let's say they, they, you know, they shelved it and they put it up two years ago. It, I mean, it wasn't shelved and got posted two years ago. It, it wouldn't have gotten the same response. You know, I don't think I don't think the fan base would have been as, for lack of a better term, as rabid for a Deadpool movie as they were now. Well, because they had that it was it was quote unquote leaked, and they watched it go from basically not quite Inception, but Inception through, and that was another brilliant thing that they did. Rather than wait for people to post all the behind the scenes stuff and leak things, they were constantly filtering out information from the set photos uh plot points you know character shots etc so that everybody always had their felt like they were getting a steady stream of of deadpool so they didn't have to go and search for all the extra stuff Mm -hmm. which again was brilliant because it kept the the appetite strong until the movie came out well i i hope that we're going to get to see something uh cool with new mutants because they're obviously talking about cable for the next one and for, for deadpool too well i that was he was mentioning cable's gonna be cast <clears throat> in the little uh joke in the post credits scene mm. that was well, his spoiler yeah, yeah and they're talking about doing a new mutants movie so X Force is in pre-production. Oh, X Force, not New Mutants. You're right. Well, New Mutants though is what Negasonic Teenage Warheads cost. It wasn't that wasn't a X-Men uniform. That was New Mutants. Sure, she was wearing. So they were teasing it right there that there could be. And I know Cannonball is going to be in then X Force. He's they're pulled Cannonball, uh, Cable, Domino, uh, Doctor Morbius, and I forget the other two. But Doctor Morbius. I think that's what his name was. He was in the he was in the other team with uh, Deadpool. No, 
Uh, Mor- Morbius is a Spider-Man villain, the living vampire. Dr. Morpheus? That might be. Okay, yeah, not Morbius, the living vampire, which hopefully they make that movie someday, but yeah, so. I, I mean, it'd be cool if they could actually, like, get their stuff together and try and link, uh, make forge a more solid link between the Deadpool and X-Force universe and then the X-Men, but, I mean, it's all going to rest on whether Apocalypse is any good or not. Yeah, that remains to be seen with uh, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Yeah, because if they actually like go full and decide they want to do a new X-Men continuity and they want to have Negasonic Teenage Warhead and Emma Frost, well, it's not going to end well for ne- Negasonic Teenage Warhead. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right, so uh, go around the circle. How, who liked it? Oop. I, I, I think we pretty much all. Did I think it's another yeah. one of those. Yeah, I think we're all on board. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, an overwhelming enthusiastic thumbs up from me, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm giving it two pegs up. Yeah, three. <laughs> well, and up. that's the thing is like I. It's hard for me to care about a non MCU superhero movie. Like this is Marvel, but it's not connected to the greater Marvel Cinematic Universe. So. It had a hurdle to cross to get me to even care, but they had the passion for the project, and it was awesome. So I, th- I think that's what the key is. Like the people behind this were actual true fans that cared and stuck to their guns and did what did justice to the source material. The good fans, not the yeah. bad fans that right. we hear about. Yes. So speaking of bad fans, that was a bad terrible fans. segue. <laughs> Next week, we are dusk till dawning it. They're doing a show overnight? Yeah, we're going to have a sleepover. Dusk till dawn isn't a verb. <laughs> <laughs> the ramblers are going to get rambling. Yeah, yeah. We're going to take a look at the original Tarantino and Rodriguez movie, and we're going to check out the TV show that's uh, currently on Netflix. Yeah, I've actually I've actually watched uh, a lot of that already. It's good. Well, nah, we'll save it for next week, but... Um, Don Johnson, baby. <laughs> yes, Don Johnson. Yeah. Oh, Don Johnson. If you'd like to check out our archives, you can check out all of our older shows on iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, and the entire archives are up on TalkShoe. And mm-hmm. uh, if you want to leave us a voicemail, maybe you maybe we forgot something, like a pivotal issue, a great Deadpool moment. You wanted to hear us talk about when he taped an iPod to uh, Daredevil's back. You can... Uh, Give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. All right. And if uh, you have any other ideas, you can give us an email at 40go14 at gmail.com. Boop, boop. And Twitter. Do we talk about Twitter? Yes. Yes. Okay. Just checking. Did anybody want to do a knuckle-face Jones again? <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> knuckle-face Jones. <laughs> Got a knuckle face, Jones. I think that's all we got left, guys. Yeah, I'm done with that. <laughs> all right. We will uh, talk to you next week. Bye. What videos is that you put on, Pat? Where? What? What? You don't want to click it. Okay, good. I'll just take your word In on the that. IGS chat? Never mind. Oh, no. Yes, you most definitely want to watch it. No, I don't. No. 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 I'm going to yes. say pass on that one.
if Joel is saying pass on it, then I'm going to say pass on it because Joel's fucked up. <laughs> so what I'm going to do now...